Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're doing well. Man, I was up late last night baking a pie. Yes, I do some of those things uh, when I'm not at the office or doing some of the work we do or chasing kids around or coaching sports teams. So, I mean, look, I'm not really that good. That's like the only thing I know how to bake. Well, sometimes the instant cookies. But nonetheless, we'll talk a little bit of Thanksgiving. But if you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as it relates to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And that's because that's the work that we do at Texas Values. We're the largest organization in the state of Texas that works on the issues of religious liberty, marriage and family, and pro-life issues. We've had over 200 consecutive episodes of the Texas Values Report, so we're excited about that. But we talk about issues as they pertain to the state of Texas. Now, we'll talk about some things from the national perspective from time to time, because as we know, as goes Texas, so goes the nation. So we want to make sure that we make you aware of those things. But a lot of our focus is what's happening in our state of Texas and at the local level. And there's been a lot going on. So we're going to talk about some of those things. We're also going to talk a little bit about an event that we have coming up next week. So look, I know you're going to get into your Thanksgiving slumber at some point later this week. But before you do, don't forget to order your tickets to the Dallas-Fort Worth area luncheon for Texas Values. And that's on December 4th. That's Wednesday, December 4th. We do still have a couple of tickets available. Ticket sales are picking up. You know, we only announced the event about three or four weeks ago. And so um, we're hoping to have a good turnout, probably a little over 100 folks. And uh, so it's a little, it's designed to be a little bit more uh, of a, um, intimate crowd, if you will, get up close with some of uh, the work that we do, some of our team. And so, you know, we had our big gala earlier this year in Houston. That was a tremendous success. I'll talk a little bit more about that. But there's been a lot going on on the issue of when it comes to the life issues, but a lot of it pertains to what's being taught in public schools or attempted to be taught when it comes to sex education. And a lot of times people won't think about these things in the context of the issue of life. But if we have less abortion providers teaching students, really encouraging them a lot of times, or leaving them the, the uh, leaving them with the impression that one way to prevent teen pregnancies and to prevent um, to to prevent teen births is if the child never makes it out of the womb, and and that's certainly how it is for some people. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And someone who knows a lot about the issues of life and protection of the unborn in the womb is our guest today, David B. Wright. Many known. Many of them know him as the co-founder of the 40 Days for Life movement. He's a dynamic speaker, spent a lot of time in Texas, helped start the 40 Days for Life movement in Bryan College Station area for all those Aggies out there. I won't get into the uh, the long dismissed rivalry between Texas and Texas A&M, <laughs> even though I will talk a little football later in this segment. But David's been a good friend, and David spoke at our fo- uh, policy forum for Texas Values about a year and a half ago. Then he spoke at our Faith and Family Day earlier this year where we were talking about quite a number of efforts uh, that were pro-life at the Texas legislature. And David is going to be our keynote speaker at our Dallas-Fort Worth area lunch on December 4th, you can get your tickets at txvalues.org. David, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Hey, Jonathan, it's great to be back with you, and I'm excited to be at the luncheon, and and I just wanted to let everybody know, I am actually the president of the Texas Values Fan Club. (laughs) I am one of your biggest fans and appreciate the work you are doing. You are making a life-saving, world-changing difference in Texas, and it's being felt all across the nation. So thanks for having me as a part of your work. Well, I want you to know that's an unpaid position. 
Just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten any checks yet, so I assume that was the, the bu- case. The budget's a little tight this time of year because we've got a lot that we're involved in, but our organization is growing, and we're excited about that. But a big reason why we're able to be effective is because people like you, David, that come alongside us, that do work with us, and help our get help us get our message out. You know, the last time I think we saw each other in person – if I recall accurately, it was earlier this year in March, and we were right in the middle of our legislative session, and there were a number of pro-life efforts. You know, we'll file a lot of bills here in Texas. Not everything makes it to the finish line, and there were quite a few that touched on the life issue, too, that we highlighted a little bit more that um, we've been a little bit more involved in. Our HB 16, that's the Born Alive yes. Infant Protection Act, and also Senate Bill 22, which was the Taxpayer Protection Act that makes it illegal for government entities to have contracts with abortion providers. Those are two of the bills. There were a few others, but those were two bills that we can talk about from the pro-life perspective. Uh, HB 16, which obviously prevents abortions when a baby is born alive as a result of a um, failed abortion. And then Senate Bill 22, which has the impact of not allowing abortion providers to do work with the government. And I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, and what that means. But you are right there with us on the Capitol steps. And I just Mm -hmm. want you to know your efforts helped us have success this legislative session. Well, Jonathan, I again, I, I was honored to be there at that moment where it was just being discussed and we were talking about how these measures were important and calling upon Texans to really get involved in the legislative and political process to help get them through the finish line. But really, if it weren't for Texas Values and other like-valued groups that came alongside and really championed this, and then, again, the people of Texas calling upon their legislators and saying this is important. I live in, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and in Virginia, that was one of the places where it was because of a proposed piece of legislation that was calling for abortions to be allowed after a failed abortion procedure where there could be infanticide if a children was, a child was born after a failed abortion, and that was said back in January of this year. So that was the context that created the, the groundswell of so many places to say, no, we need to protect these children who are born alive after a failed abortion. And that's what Texas has done by passing that now into law. And then also the abortion industry and Planned Parenthood and all these providers and and perpetrators of abortion taking in more than half a billion dollars a year taxpayer funding. And you have these sweetheart deals like what's been going on in Austin where they're providing this $1 rent for the abortion providers. And that's simply needed to stop. We don't need to be funding organizations that are destroying our state's future, our nation's future. And thanks to Texas Values, thanks to Texans, You've been able to shore up those additional protections. And I will tell you, as I've been traveling all across the country the rest of this year since we were together there at the Capitol, Jonathan, people are talking about what is Texas doing because Texas continues to lead the way on the fight for life. So you really are having ripple effects far beyond the borders of the Lone Star State affecting people all across this great nation. Well, we appreciate that feedback, too. It's good to know what people are saying across the country. And they're You know, always seems to be a lot of questions, attention and wonder and really responsibility as it relates to us here in Texas. And, you know, a lot of times we like to stand up and meet that. You know, it's not as if we're like, whoa, that's a little bit too much to deal with. We hear that and see that and we want to meet those expectations. And, I, you know, what's interesting to me 
is a lot of the movement, a lot of the growth, a lot of the momentum, if you will, uh, amongst all age groups, but particularly amongst a younger generation that seems to be more pro-life, that seems to be more active, mm-hmm. and they seem to be doing it in a lot of different dynamic ways with the different ways that technology has evolved, whether it's social media and things of that nature that allow more people to get involved in these issues. But, you know, look, and, and Part of this, and we look at what happened at the local level with the Senate Bill 22 stopping uh, Austin from giving a sweetheart deal to Planned Parenthood to have rent in a government building for $1 a year. But also we look at it in some of their efforts, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in a minute, of trying to get involved with local school districts, Planned Parenthood to provide sex education. It's not as easy for the the pro-abortion side to have some of the successes that they used to because they don't have the federal government backing them up like they used to because of the change administration. And there's a lot of work to still be done at the national level, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot harder when they don't have a president in that administration that are vigorously backing pro-abortion efforts and giving countless amount of dollars of taxpayer dollars. And so I've already noticed that, and I think that also has allowed more young people to feel like there's a climate where their views can at least be heard. And then when people do hear it, it's making an impact. And I think more young people are, are understanding what it means to be pro-life. And it's a comprehensive approach, but it certainly is something that I, I, I think is um, you, you see this younger generation taking more of the lead. Oh, absolutely. And you can go to the March for Life in Washington, D.C. in January and see you know, hundreds of thousands of people, of which the vast majority are under the age of 20. And it gives you great hope knowing our young generation is incredibly pro-life. Or you go to rallies for life in Austin or, yep. or you go across the state of Texas, you see students for life groups that are forming and you see all these young people, as you're saying, innovating, trying and doing new things. And it gives them hope. And, and really to build upon the point you said about the federal administration, a lot of people may not be paying as close attention to this, but because there has been this change in what's happening in Washington, D.C., because there's now a shift on the United States Supreme Court that has begun moving in a pro-life direction and still has the potential to do more of that, as a result, the abortion industry realizes they are losing and they are moving fast and furious to try to shore up whatever they can. And that means they are doing more to target the states. They're doing more to target at the local level. And they're trying to get away with things that they used to get all their friends and allies in Washington, D.C. to just force down throughout the states for them. And now they have to do the work themselves. But the opportunity for each of us, we now have the chance to affect change right where we live. We have the opportunity to get involved in our local elections. And I'm talking school boards, city council. These are important elections because they shape the future leaders throughout the state and the future national leaders. We also have the opportunity to get involved, as you did with HB 16 and SB 22, in state legislation that really is what is shaping the debate right now. And you have the opportunity to make a life-saving difference right where you live. Don't think you have to wait for the United States Senate or the United States House of Representatives or the Supreme Court or the President to fix it for you. Because of the change at the national level, you now can fix things and save lives right where you live, regardless of your age. So it's a great time of hope, a great time of momentum for the pro-life movement. Now, look, and I couldn't have said it any better than you did. And, and that's what it speaks so much of your understanding and connection and, and appreciation for how all these pieces fit together, you know. And so you, I've long done work when it comes to law and policy. Before before that, I was just a, 
you know, an activist, if you will, a, a young person that was on fire for the life movement. I had some experiences earlier in my life, whether it be my faith or personal experiences that really shaped it and cemented a lot of my beliefs and pushed me out there to speak about it more publicly. And, you know, you look at what you talked about, the local stuff. So this is what I want people to understand, particularly if you're in Texas. Now you don't have the federal government pushing against uh, you on pro-life issues and undermining pro-life efforts and pushing a pro-abortion agenda, or, or it's changed largely. Uh, there's still some work to do. But at the state level, you know, you've got a pretty solid base there of pro-life support, if you will, a lot of state policy. And so that means that all the efforts that the, some people on the other side have been putting at the local, that's really their, you know, their only area where they can get a lot of influence or, or um, it, those other two areas, um, there's not as much activity. So school boards, Huge issue. Okay, we just had a meeting at a local school board here recently, Wimberley ISD. We were able to beat back a policy that wants to change a lot of these issues regarding sexuality. We also, with Senate Bill 22, that bill, since it cuts off contracts with government providers and abortion providers, Austin ISD was in the middle of having Planned Parenthood write their sex education. Guess what? Mm. Planned Parenthood got pushed out. And Austin ISD realized that of all the liberal places in Texas, it's the most liberal, the most pro-abortion Austin is, particularly their government. They realized that they had to draw the line and they had to push Planned Parenthood out and start from the beginning. That is a huge pro-life victory. If you no longer have the local government pushing pro-abortion entities to do sex education. And you and I know, David, a lot of times their view of the way to stop teen pregnancies and to stop teen births is for the baby to never make it out of the womb. That's right. Well, and Jonathan, here's I, I want to go back to where I first, in my earliest days of getting involved in the pro-life movement, like you, I never intended to be working in this work at the international or the national level. I really got involved because Planned Parenthood opened an abortion center in College Station. And Margaret and I, my wife, had said, we've got to do something about this. The young church secretary, Lauren Gouldie, started a group called the Coalition for Life. We got involved with that. But one of the things we found out very early on was that Planned Parenthood was going into the local Bryan classrooms, and they were promoting their abortion practices. They were promoting immorality. Um, sexual experimentation and all these kinds of things. It was horrific. And when we found their sex education materials in the classrooms, one of the first things I did was organize people to go out to the school board meetings. We had hundreds of people pack the next couple of school board meetings, more than they had ever seen before, with one simple message, expel Planned Parenthood, kick them out of the classrooms. It's detrimental to our children. It's harmful to our future as a community. And because local people stood up and made their voices heard, Planned Parenthood was removed from the classrooms, permanently barred from the classrooms. Their sex education materials were removed from the school libraries, and it was blocked. So each of you listening right now, if you are willing to look around and say, where do these problems exist and what can I do to gather people together to make our voices heard closest to home, you can make a difference and you can help to stop this. You can make Texas values the values that are lived out in our schools, in our city councils, in our legislative bodies, and throughout the Lone Star State. No, well, look, you're absolutely right. And, and speaking of College Station and, and the, the root or the start of a lot of your efforts, I was at one of my favorite events last week, the St. John Paul II Life Center. They had their annual gala, mm -hmm. and that group was started and, and still led by my good friends Tim and Pat Von Dolan. And mm -hmm. 
they had a tremendous program, and a part of that program was Abby Johnson. Her and her husband received an award for their pro-life effort. You could probably give them an award every year, it seems, but a lot of that had to do with the Unplanned movie. They talked about their experience at the St. John Paul II Life Center. They have quite a few children, as you might imagine, being pro-life as well, and a lot of that experience, but a lot of it relates to getting good information when it comes to these issues, and what I'm encouraged about is places like the St. John Paul II Life Center, they're, they're connecting more with the government as far as uh, providing resources, providing education for young students that are coming along. And to my point about the local level, when we used to get involved in these local fights, and it still happens to some degree, um, we would have sometimes a, a lot of interest, but then you'd have the federal government or maybe someone at the state level. I mean, you have a lot of these other actors at the different level backing up the local government. Well, that's no longer the case. I mean, it, it's much harder. They don't have the friends that they used to, and so they're almost a little bit isolated. And I say that just so people are more encouraged to know that this is uh, one of the best times. If you need some more encouragement about getting involved locally, and in Texas, there are over 1,200 school districts, and a lot Mm -hmm. of this is coming to a head because next year our state board of education is, and just it's just part of their periodic review. They're going to look at health and standards that relate to how sex education is taught in our public schools, and they're going to have the final say to a large degree. And what we already see is the pro-abortion groups, the pro-LGBT groups, all these groups, they want to change. They want to redefine gender and sexuality and and a lot of these things, but they want to get their agenda in the public schools. And so we've got a great opportunity. And I think the more that young people and parents get involved, we can be successful. Jonathan, I I couldn't agree with you more. And and I just want to add a few exclamation points to the importance of getting involved where you live in Texas, in your local community. So when I'm there on Wednesday, December 4th at the DFW luncheon, one of the things that I'm going to be sharing with everybody is the understanding that nationally right now, the outlook is nowhere near as optimistic as it is in Texas. So I live in Virginia. We just had elections that flipped our state legislature from being a one-vote majority for Mm. pro-life in the House and the Senate to now being in favor of abortion. We're going to have those kinds of measures that are the antithesis of what you've just gotten passed in Texas. New York State. We've seen what's happened in California, where they just made it where every state university has to become an abortion center distributing the RU46 abortion bill. Mm. So there are other places where the situation is not as good. So what you are providing as you win these victories on these Senate bills, on these House bills, as you win these victories in your school boards, you are setting a message that is going out across the nation. You are giving hope to people in places like Virginia and New York and California that victories can still be won, that traditional values of family, of faith, of religious freedom, of life can still be upheld, can still be lived out. So as you get engaged, as you win victories, which you are doing, as you align with Texas values, as you do these things that are making progress, what you are doing is setting a precedent for the entire nation. You are the first domino. As Jonathan said, as Texas goes, so goes the nation. You are the ones that right now the whole country is looking to for hope, for leadership, for inspiration. So I'm well, so excited <laughs> to be coming down and joining with you in that. I'm excited to have you, in, and I love your energy. you got to come see David B. right in person. If you feel a little bit of what he's bringing on the radio right now, wait till you see him in person, okay? <laughs> and so I, I have been – I continue to look for opportunities of how we can get him in front of more people in the state of Texas, particularly in one of our events, because I know that it is just – 
uh, I don't know if infectious is the right word. I know some people use that word sometimes, you know, but it's contagious. I mean, it it inspires me. I mean, I get I want to go, okay, I get renewed and I have a little bit more vigor. And so December 4th, this is in Collin County, Glen Eagles Country Club in Plano. Okay, it's really kind of at the heart of a lot of that area where there is a lot of pro-life work. I know my good friend Kim Spears is going to be there, former JP2 Life Center uh, director. I'm trying to get Karen Garnett there. A lot of good friends. We're going to have state representatives and Senate members there, too, that are accepting some of the wards. Um, two of them relate to the pro-life issues. The, the author of HB 16 is supposed to be there, Jeff Leach. Also, Senate Bill 22 author, Candy, Re- Representative Candy Noble. So I'm excited about that. We still have tickets, txvalues.org. That's it. Um, December 4th, Wednesday, a little less than a week. After Thanksgiving, we still got a couple of tickets left, but I'm excited about having you there and, and for you to talk about that too. Um, for us in Texas, you know, we set the standards very high just for ourselves, but we can often forget of how difficult it can be in other parts of the country and how important. But look, I think going into this election, this big presidential election year, this is what a lot of voters are thinking about. They're thinking about these issues and the line has moved for for the left. I mean, for their line to be, well, we're not sure whether or not the child should be protected at birth if there was an intended abortion. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of people that they're they've now said that's going too far. They may not consider themselves pro-life and they may have the view of, okay, well, you know, if it's early on in the pregnancy, and I don't agree with that, but my point is there are a lot of people kind of in the middle that are like, well, wait a minute. Some, you know, some states like Virginia or New York, they're saying that if the child is about to be born, that I mean, a child that's full term uh, oftentimes. And so I think these are issues and messages that we talk about more that will be important to voters, that they know there's a difference uh, between the candidates when they go to the ballot box. Absolutely. And, and I would say that because of the extreme nature of how you know, the liberal agenda is being pushed through some of the different debates that are happening right now, as you hear people jockeying to try to present themselves as the most pro-abortion candidate for mm. national office, you know, I think it is awakening in the body of Christ among people of faith and conscience, a realization that We've gone far too far. And people who have been on the sidelines for years, just kind of like, eh, I don't want to get involved in that. Oh, that's controversial. They're now saying enough is enough. Are you kidding yeah. me? A child born after a failed abortion, we're going to allow that child to die or accelerate his or her death? Absolutely not. Too much is too much. And people are rising up in record numbers. I believe we're about to see the turning of the tide nationally. But again, going back to, I mean, think about the responsibility on you in Texas. Abortion nationally began when a young woman, Norma McCorvey, was coerced by two Texas attorneys to become their scapegoat to be used by them and getting the Supreme Court to impose abortion on all 50 states through the Roe versus Wade decision. What began in Texas must end in Texas. And when it ends in Texas, it will end across the rest of the nation. Well, look, so this I, is the moment. Let's get together and let's get the job done. No, I couldn't have said any better. And that's why I love having you a part of the work that we do and, and giving you an opportunity to message on these because you know your history, too. A lot of people don't realize that. And, and I oftentimes forget about it. I'm well aware of it. I've been in that courtroom in Dallas. But a lot of times people in Texas forget or are not aware that the Roe versus Wade decision started in Texas. And so that just was a reminder of the responsibility we have. David, you know, we're very appreciative of your time. 
time today being on the show. We know we're going to see you next week. You're going to have a tremendous message. People are going to be excited. I was on the phone with someone last night at 6.30 calling me when once I got home. You still have tickets. You know, the pro-life issue matters to me. I want to come say, see David B. Right. So still a couple tickets left. Next Wednesday, December 4th, Glen Eagles Country Club in Plano in the north part of Texas. TXValues.org has been the website is the website for tickets. David, thanks for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Can't wait to see you. You bet. All right, I'm going to cue one of my team to grab my kids and bring them over here. I told them I'd give them a little Thanksgiving treat early since uh, they're out of school and I'm in the studio at a different time of week that I'm not usually in. But get your tickets, txvalues.org. Gosh, I love listening to David B. Wright. And I've been in this work a long time, but he's got a lot of energy, and we ne- we continue to need that because these issues are important to us and the values that we care about in Texas are important. This big election cycle that we have coming up is incredibly important. All right, so one thing that, that's important to me is my family. So the kids are out of school. I'm doing this live show. They, uh, well, you got to get over here in the shot because we're on Facebook. Come over here. Shh. So be, hey, no, be careful with your words, all right, because it is live and it can't be edited, all right? So, um, so I got Jonah... Jonathan and Elliot in here today with the studio, in the studio with me. And if you're watching on Facebook, you can see them live. And so they want to say one thing. Remember what we talked about <laughs> that they're thankful for, uh, including the key lime pie that I baked uh, at midnight last night for our staff luncheon, so to speak, on Thanksgiving. I may bake one for y'all later this week when we go to uh, Nana's house. But all right, the mic is right here. So you got to speak into the mic. One thing that you're thankful for. Who's going to go first? Um, hey, the clock's ticking, too. You can't take too long. Um, I don't know. You got you to get in here. So they can, for, first of all, what's your name? I'm Jonah. How old are you, Jonah? I'm 12. What, what happened to your wrist? I fractured my wrist playing football. Okay, but it's on the men now, so what are you thankful for? Um, I'm thankful for my family. Yeah. And I'm thankful for the doctors. There you so go. So that they help me. And that your wrist will be healing soon. Okay, Elia, scoot in here. Watch the cord. No, this way. This way, right here, right here. Okay. This is the microphone. Say your name. How old you are? I'm Elia, and I'm nine years old. And um, I'm thankful for my family, and I'm thankful for my friends that I've had for all of these years that I've been alive. Okay, we got 48 seconds left. Jonathan, come in here, buddy. Um... My name is Jonathan. How old are you? And um, I'm 13. Okay. And I'm thankful for Jesus and God, and I'm thankful for that I'm that I grew up in a Christian family and a Catholic family, and that I have the privilege to be able to pray every day. Man, this guy may take over the show for me. Come here, I got one other thing. Who's gonna win the football game on Thursday when the Cowboys play? The Cowboys. All right, we'll see how it goes. All right, let me close the show out. We just got a few seconds left. And if you want to hear more about our work, we're a nonprofit organization. Giving Tuesday is next Tuesday. Don't forget about us. We're a nonprofit organization, 501c3. The only way we can do our work, we have a budget of a million dollars. We've got nine members of our team. That's if you give to us. Go give and donate today at txvalues.org. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.